Happy New Year and welcome to Free Trails Rollout of the 2023 Trail Runner of the Year Award presented by Ketone IQ. I'm your host, Dylan Bowman, and for the first 10 days of 2024, we will be counting down the top 10 trail athletes in the world for both men and women, as was voted on by a thousand trail running fans from around the world. Together with the athletes, we recount their seasons, contemplate highs and lows, meditate on some learnings, and look ahead to their goals for the future. As I said, Trail Runner of the Year is presented by Ketone IQ, the game-changing ketone supplement that is taking the endurance world by storm. You'll hear more from them later, but please visit the show notes for a link you can use for 30% off your first subscription of this amazing product. It's hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. And again, that link is in the show notes. Today, we're joined by the number seven trail runners of the year, the French duo, Germain Granger and Claire Banworth. Germain crushed it this year. First place at the Mont Blanc 90K, third place at UTMB, and second place at the Grand Raid Diagonal des Fous. A huge year from this great rising French superstar, Claire. Holy smokes, probably nobody in the world put up more racing volume than Claire. Hard to narrow down some of her highlights, but there was a win at the notoriously difficult Montaigne Winter Spine Race, a win at the Tahoe 200, and another victory at the Kodiak by UTMB 100 miler incredible season super inspiring congrats to germain and claire we'll play the interviews back to back starting with germain hope you dig we'll be back again tomorrow with number six germain welcome to the podcast congratulations on being our number seven trail runner of the year Cool. Thanks, Dylan. How are you feeling now as we are approaching the end of the year? We are only a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, what are you meditating on and how are you reflecting on 2023? Yeah, I think I had a great year. I'm really satisfied with what I've done. And uh, yeah, currently I'm taking some time off from running because I'm I'm skiing uh, every day and uh waiting for for more snow here in france yeah so i want to get into some of the details of your season but before we do there's been something that i've been desperate for you to explain to me one of the iconic moments of the season there were a couple at the finish line of utmb one where Zach points at Jim, you know, to give kudos to the champion. And then the second was when you held up the sign that said, Ale Serge, <laughs> explain the, the <laughs> nickname to us uh, who are outside of this inside joke. Yeah, I feel like, I think it began like something like four or five years ago, uh, because uh, there was like kind of a, like kind of a French web series where Serge is like a character that always like lies and always like made up stories. And uh, we were always making fun of that when we were training. We were like always like like pretending, oh, did you get dropped? No, I was just like lacing my shoes or stuff like that. And then uh, Serge built up, and uh, and yeah, I really used Serge as a as a character. Like you know, there was Germain, the serious guy, uh, like obsessed with the data, the training, blah blah blah. And when Germain gets a bit uh, too serious, Serge uh, comes on board and. Uh, and and bring some lightness to the to the atmosphere and uh and yeah i like better ourselves than germain so <laughs> at the finish line one of uh 
one of my colleagues at a, at a card box uh, with like written Alicerge. So, so I took it. <laughs> what a great story. So Serge is like your alter ego who maybe has a better sense of humor and doesn't take things as seriously. I love that. Speaking yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel, you know, speaking of taking things seriously, you know, as somebody who's sort of followed your career for a few years now, it seems to me like this was definitely your best season yet as just like a pure trail runner from a performance perspective. Do you view that the same way? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think I was more consistent in, uh, in my training. I think, I I got more experience and maybe this year I, I was uh, able to like, yeah, pick all the, the small thing I've been building up and then, um, get a bit of chance along the way and, uh, more consistent training, uh, like better people surrounding my, me and then all of the details, details, like, like worked pretty yeah. well in the end. I remember Katie saying something at the beginning of the year, Katie Scheid, obviously your partner, that you guys had made an intentional decision to do different races. And even though you both ended the season at Diagon de Fou, you targeted different events outside of that. Was that important to you both having such strong seasons this year, do you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely like a key because, uh, yeah, there's so so much stress going on before races uh even if it's like not big stress it's like two different people with their own way to manage the stress and and i like to be like more alone in my small bubbles and so as katie and it's hard to like interact when we have this big race coming up and uh i feel like it's better to have like each other helping us uh, for like a dedicating race and uh yeah i think it's, it's something that worked pretty well actually yeah so let's take through some of the performances this year you started the year with a fifth place at Transvolcania. when we talked about it earlier in the year you said that it was sort of like ripping the band-aid off getting back in your running shoes after focusing through the winter months, mostly on skiing. Talk about how you manage that transition and how you use Transvolcania to set up the rest of the year. Yeah, I think, uh, so I didn't run from like December 1st to beginning of April. Then I had something like five weeks to, to build up some like running, uh, let's say fitness to go to Transvolcania. Obviously my, my general fitness was good with skiing because I had a great season, but yeah, I was, uh, I would say it's not a transition. I would advise, advise to everyone because it was pretty like sharp from like zero to like, like almost like 140 K a week. And I was pretty stressed at the time, but it worked. And, uh, yeah, I felt good during the race, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Like, I think the, the thing that, takes more time is to get this eccentric uh strength for mm -hmm. downhill especially at Transucania the last one but yeah it proves again that skiing ski ski mountaineering pretty works for like general fitness as long as the transition works well and it's always the the tricky part so i think it's a lot of like listening to yourself and and be patient in those moments yeah so then you went to the 90k 
at Mont Blanc in Chamonix. It seemed like the perfect dress rehearsal for UTMB, which I'm sure was the major goal of the season. I'd love to hear you talk about that race. And specifically, I was just going back and looking at the results. And I noticed that the second place runner, whose name I can't remember now, another Frenchman, I believe, was only like a minute behind you. And to me, it feels like, especially looking further ahead at your season, like at UTMB, that those racing dynamics and having, you know, the, the competition that's that close probably is, gives you an opportunity to practice racing skills, racing dynamics, mental strength, things like that. So just tell us how the 90 K Mont Blanc helped set up the great performance at UTMB. Yeah, I think you summed up pretty well. Uh, the goal of this race actually was, uh, it was to, yeah, like be more efficient on all my like at station stuff, like kind of figure out the, the nutrition plan. Even if I, I was not like doing 100 miles, I wanted to try some things, uh, more at the end of the race. So I, I set up all these small details work with the more or less the same crew that I have, uh, that I will have a UTMB and then definitely like use like the race situation to, to practice the, the mental skills that I have been working on whole winter. I use the winter to, to work on mental skills or on the skis actually. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great, great place to, to rehearse the same or less environment. It's more technical than UTMB, but you get still this like moods around the around the sham race, so I think it was a a good uh, rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, it probably gave you a lot of confidence going into UTMB. Speaking of that, the thing I'd love for you to talk about specifically is the moment that you caught Jim in the forest before Champelac. Take us into that moment and what you remember from you know that critical moment in the race. Yeah, I think um, actually when I arrived in La Folie, uh, I saw several people who told me that Jim was like something like five minutes ahead. So I think I kind of pushed a little bit too much the pace because I got excited, but I also had this other voice in my in my head that told me, okay, like keep it keep it easy, and and I'm gonna make it. So yeah, I think I got a bit excited. I caught up Jim in the at the end of La Folie, uh, La Champe climb, and then yeah, I was I was kind of sure I would just pass Jim, and then and then then I would just focus more catching Zach, and then yeah, I don't know, like Jim, like a phoenix, uh, just like <laughs> took off on the yeah on the side of the Champelac. Yeah, the pace was pretty fast at that moment. So <laughs> I didn't know if I was like if I had a hard time or if he had like a really high like a, a big high. So yeah, I, I stared at my pace and then I realized like a few like thirty minutes later that it that it catched Zach at the top of uh of Povin, so I understood that he was like in, in this crazy, crazy mood, and and I was more reassured about about how I felt. But yeah, he did like such a great session between Champé and uh, and Chamonix. 
So that that was a hard moment for me because I thought I would put pressure on Jim, but I really appreciate Jim and I, I know Jim, but I, as competitors, I thought I would like put a bit of pressure on Jim, but I, <laughs> actually it went the other way, but it, it's such a great experience for for the future. I know I, you know, I feel like I'm already to those like kind of an unexpected uh, things happening when you, when you pass people uh, in ultra. Dude, you gave him the spark that he needed. So on behalf of all of us American trail running fans, thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving Jim that inspiration at Champaign-Lac to hit the gas. It was yeah. such a classic race. And of course, you were able to finish in third place, still running just over 20 hours, 20 hours and 10 minutes on the classic UTMB course, an astonishing, astonishing performance from you. And yeah, just, you know, major congratulations on that. It seems like, you know, probably one of the biggest results of your career. Talk about Diagonal de Fou now, because, you know, that's how, where you and Katie both finished your season. And I recall you both sort of posted maybe on the same day that you were going to be taking on that beast of a race on Reunion Island. Just explain for, you know, those who are unfamiliar, the significance that the Grand Raid has in French trail running culture and say a few words about your experience there this year. Yeah, so the Grand Raid is, or it's the other name for Diagonal des Fous. It's, I would say, like, if you have a, if you picture UTMB, it would be pretty different. It would be, yeah, less professional, more like, yeah, super technical race, uh, can be super hot, super cold. Um, you can expect everything at station or not that, like, like that, I would say professional as UTMB, and it's why we like this race. It's more like a big adventure. You can arrive to a station, and, and, and the things are not set up, and, and people will just laugh and just like sing for you, and uh, and you have to keep going. And uh, I think uh, I think that's that's kind of the party of the the end of the season for the the French uh, triathlon community. And that's also why we also did it with Katie at the same time because there was less pressure and we know that anything can happen. So it was more like, okay, let's do this adventure and see and see what happens. So for me, I finished UTMB and then uh, was the first year I think I recover pretty well from from this race. So so I decided a month later um, uh, to tow the line at General Defu. And yeah, that was a, a crazy adventure. <laughs> you were second place behind Aurelien Dunant Palaz, another great French trail runner. Germain, I'd love to go longer form with you soon. So we'll have to schedule a longer podcast. Let's start winding down just by looking ahead towards 2024. And uh, I'm sure people would love to hear after this major breakthrough season, what you're thinking about to the extent you're willing to reveal any goals or what your racing calendar looks like for next year. Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not 100% for sure. Like, sure, I think I, I will do UTMB again for sure. Uh, it has been a lot of like uh, thinking ahead for me because I, I really wanted to race in the US. Um, I really wanted to put my name in Hard Rock again, but I also. You know, it's hard when every year you come back to UTMB and you do better. 
you just don't know if it's like the best you can do or maybe you can do it a bit better. So I'm just I just want to keep the spiral going and and see and see where how what I can do next with this race. So I think I'm gonna do UTMB again. And then uh, ahead of that, I have like a lot of like ideas. Uh, probably another race at the end of June, like I think about Lavaredo right now, mm. because I went to this race and I dropped like three years ago, I think. So I wanna I wanna do it again. Great. And then in the winter, yeah, skiing, and then uh, probably another race in May. But I still have to 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 think about it and see what motivates me. Amazing. I've been ending all these conversations. And like I told you, I've recorded several of them in the last few days <laughs> and it's been so fun. It's been, it's been so great just to interact with all the great trail runners. But anyway, I've been asking everybody the same thing. And that is just to, to recognize somebody on your team who has supported you this year, who maybe exists behind the scenes, but without whom you wouldn't have been able to be so successful. So give a shout out to somebody who's helped you out. There is a lot of people, but uh, I can, can name more. I think I've uh, for sure uh, been working with Jason um, this year. Also, Jason, my coach. Also, Rini, my nutritionist. My family, Katie, uh, my mental coach. Yeah, I think. And also, like I would just also thanks to all my friends uh, that I go like on ski tour every day. And I think they really helped me to, to stay motivated and to get yeah, to share those moments of training. I think I like really sharing my trainings more on skiing with people and running. I prefer to run on my own, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think also my friends have a, have a big, uh, big impact on, on this year because they, because they were a part of my everyday training. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Germain slash Serge, congratulations on an amazing 2023 season. And uh, yeah, best of luck here at the end of, or uh, going into 2024 and happy holidays to you. Yeah, thanks. Trail Run of the Year is presented by Ketone IQ, the groundbreaking endurance nutrition product that is taking the world by storm. Scientifically proven to support endurance and recovery, Ketone IQ is trusted by some of the world's top performers, from Navy SEALs and Tour de France cyclists to pro athletes across all major sports, including now many of the world's best trail runners. I use Ketone IQ daily in my training and during my working hours, often right before recording podcasts or basically anytime I need Need to be on my A game because that's what this is. Ketone IQ is A game juice. There's a bunch of research on their website, but a couple important stats to leave you with here. Ketone supplementation has been shown to lead to a 7% improvement in cognitive performance. They're 28% more efficient sources of energy than glucose, which you find in most energy gel products. And finally, ketones have been shown to produce a 2% improvement in endurance. You can find references to this literature again on their website. These are huge numbers that the sporting world is starting to wake up to. Ketone IQ is on the cutting edge. This is the future of sports nutrition. Take advantage by visiting hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 for 30% off a subscription. hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. Claire Banworth, welcome to the show and congratulations on being the number seven trail runner of the year. 
Yeah, nice to, nice having me, and yeah, it's a nice surprise to be number seven. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, this is our first time talking, but we both did run Hard Rock this summer, and uh, I do, I do recall, do recall seeing you in the early miles, and then obviously became much more familiar with you throughout the year. You did just an incredible volume of racing. Maybe just to to start, how are you feeling physically and mentally after such a huge year? I'm feeling good actually. I had a short break of uh, four days, and now I'm I'm. I am uh, ready for 2024. <laughs> yeah. Are, don't you still have one more like 24-hour race to do this year? Or did you already do it? No, no. I, I did it uh, two weeks ago. Two so weeks ago. It was okay. my final race. <laughs> final race. Final race. Maybe quickly just tell me a little bit about yourself, how you ended up in the sport and how you came to focus on like the, the super long distance races because I think people will find that really interesting. I mean, I've been running for, for 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 all my life. I mean, since I am very little, I I I run. But I started as um, in another in another sport. I, I was uh, doing um, I was fencing at a high level. Mm. I was uh, yeah top uh, top fifteen in the world, top uh, something like that. Wow. Uh, when I was under twenty years. And then I finished my studies and I had to work and it wasn't very easy to go to, to the fencing training. So I started just running because it was easier for me to just run before my work or run after my work. And I started running every day because I don't have a car. So I was basically running to work and from work and it was like, 35, 40 kilometers per day, something like that. Wow. So I, I did this uh, for maybe 10 or 15 years. And then I discovered trail running in the mountain. And that's when I really started to do races. And then I discovered backyard races and then 24-hour <laughs> races. And then I just did my first 200 miles. And then I said, okay, I, I love 200 miles and I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Maybe quickly while we're on that, what's your favorite format, right? Because you do so many multi-day races, you do the backyard races, you do the timed events. Is it the 200 mile distance or that format that you like the most? Yeah, yeah, because you have time to take selfie with other people. You have to, you have time to eat, you have time to... You are just, I mean, even 100 miles uh, races, you are always looking at your watch, uh, thinking, oh, I am slow, I must go fast. When you do 200 um, miles races, you just say, oh, I have to go fast. Uh, after a few days, uh, fast is not there. The, the speed is not uh, relevant anymore. So, yeah. no, I have 200 miles because it's. Um, it's more, you are, it's not just speed. It's also a lot of mental thing, a lot of, uh, how to handle problem and avoid problems. And it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I, I counted that you did 25 ultras in 2023, nine of which took over two days. And you've been doing this now for three or four years in a row. And I think you posted something on your Instagram to the effect of every year I say I won't do quite as much and every year I break that promise to myself. So I think what people would love to hear from you is just how you stay healthy and motivated with that type of volume of racing. I mean, I, 
I do races because I love it. So if I am not motivated, I don't go or I don't, or I don't start a race. Or if I am injured, I don't, I also don't start. And I always have fun. So just, uh, and at the beginning of the year, I don't have that much races planned, but it's always, oh, I have a free weekend. I can race here. It's not far, far. And I end up uh, doing 28 races because I just have the motivation and I have a lot of fun. And it's also a lot of, I mean, when I train, I am most of the time very slow. I, I really, I, I, I can't push myself, uh, if I don't have a bib. So uh-huh. doing races is also a way for me to, to be a bit faster, to, 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 to do some more, um, intensity to, to do some quality training. Because mm. if I have, the, if I have to choose, I will take one hour 30 to do, to do 10 kilometers and not 40 minutes. So, yeah, yeah. so doing that much races, it's also a way for me to, to train. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so it's probably hard to pick a highlight from the year after doing so much. I'd particularly love to hear about the Tahoe 200, especially with you starting by stating that the 200-mile distance is your favorite. Obviously, you came over to the U.S. and had an action-packed, adventurous summer. But maybe tell us about the Tahoe 200, which you won, I should say. How did you enjoy Lake Tahoe, that iconic piece of American landscape? Uh, it was amazing. I mean... The landscape was beautiful and also the, um, the vegetation are not quite the same in, in the US as in, in Europe. So it was for me, I mean, having burritos and, uh, burgers and a lot of coke with uh, some ice too. It's, it was great because in Europe, we, there's no it's, ice. It's not, <laughs> yeah. There is no ice and there is no burger and it's, it's not really the same. So the vegetation were, were great having more. Most of the time, more volunteers than runners were also great. I, I was feeling like a, like a queen, you know. I just had, had to sit, and three uh, three people were uh, taking my flask and giving me food and uh, a message or something like that. And I mean, I, I had a great rest. Uh, I got lost. <laughs> I did. Uh, 25 kilometer more, more because I, I, I really got lost. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I, I was, I think I was ahead, uh, like one hour ahead of everybody. And then I got lost and I, I, I lost two hours or something like that. And then it was like, uh, oh shit, I am so stupid. And having that in mind, I, I, I was okay. No, I, I, I just push until the end and I could. Uh, I could catch everybody and uh, and finished in front, so it was great. Amazing. Also, tell me about the Colorado Trail because there was a lot of uh, yeah new FKTs set on the Colorado Trail. You went self-supported in a foreign country on a trail that you've probably never explored yourself, and I think it's a, illustrative of some you know adventurous personality trait that you have. So tell us about that nine-day adventure on the Colorado Trail. I mean, it was my first, uh, FKT, my first time alone, uh, for so many days, uh, because I have, I have done long races, uh, like 400 or 500 kilometer races, but I was always in a race with other people and aid station and everything. 
And um, when I heard I was taken for hard rock, okay, I said, okay, I don't go to the U.S. just for one race. Uh, I will find something uh, to do. And in, yeah, I, I saw this Colorado train and I said, okay, I, I want, I want to do that. Um, so it was, yeah, it was really an adventure because I, I have never, uh, for example, sleep alone, uh, in the mountain, uh, with bears yeah. <laughs> around. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see any of the, uh, any bears, but, uh, I mean, I, sometime in, during the night, I was uh, hearing some, some 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 noises and I I was a bit afraid. I mean I I really thought it was some bears, <laughs> but I, I think it was shipmunks or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it was really an adventure. I mean I I had just a plan to to do it in ten days to be able to catch my flight back to 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 France, and I could push to do it in nine days, and I slept maybe. 13 hours in, in Nida. So I, I was really at the end completely oh. a zombie. Oh I, I was God. really, I, I was completely uh, sleep deprived and like, uh, I, I mean, like, uh, on drugs, uh, yeah, I yeah. think the last four days I was really, I, I had the huge blisters. I had some chafing, but I, I, I didn't feel anything because I was really high because of the sleep deprivation. Wow. And I, I saw, yes, I mean, it was really great to be alone uh, in this wonderful landscapes. And and also the Colorado Trail is really remote. I had two times where I could grab some uh, some food, but most of the time I was alone and uh, there is no village and you can see some other um, people, some other um, uh, hikers, but nobody were going as fast as I, as I was. Yeah, so yeah. I... I had no buddies, I mean, but it was, was, but it was, yeah, it was really great. It was really a nice adventure and I definitely want to do more uh, of this stuff. (laughs) Wow. It's really really, uh, the most amazing thing I did in my life. Yeah. So you were in the U.S. for what, probably about a month and you did Hard Rock, (laughs) the Tahoe 200 and the Colorado Trail. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I I, I wanted to... Uh, to have my my flight ticket worse, uh, to to uh, I guess uh, to to uh, maximize my flight ticket my flight ticket price. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Okay, so obviously we don't have a lot of time to take through all the amazing accomplishments. I would encourage all of our listeners to go just look at your race results from 2023 because it's a good way to get motivated for 2024. Speaking of which, Claire, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who will have heard your name for the first time this season who are becoming fans of yours. So where can people expect to see you participating next year? Uh, I go back to Hard Rock, uh, so I will do kind of the same thing. I will go for one month. I will do Tao again, and I have plan. I, I plan to do two FKTs. I will try to to do the John Weir Trail after Tao, and just after that, I will try to do the Long Trail on the East and Coast. Then I, and then I will go to Hard Rock, <laughs> so it will be a busy month. And uh, in September, I have another crazy thing uh, in mind. I will do UTMB and then do Swiss Peaks. Uh, I will uh, I will have like 10 hours to recover from UTMB because it's kind of the same weekend. 
And after three speaks, I will try to do the Tour uh, des Géants, which is also like two days after three speaks. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah, I, I will try something really crazy. I hope I will be able to do that. It's really, really crazy this time. <laughs> what an amazing personal challenge to set for yourself. And yeah, just so inspiring to see what you were able to do this year. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people excited to see what, what next year holds for Claire. I've been ending all these interviews with the same final question. That is just asking everyone to give recognition to somebody on their team who supports them, who doesn't get a lot of recognition. So if you could just shout out somebody who's helped contribute to make you the athlete that you are, but who doesn't get enough kudos. Uh, my husband, uh, for sure. Um, he really supports me and I, he accepts that I spend a lot of time outside or training and he's really supportive and those don't judge and understand me. So I really want to give him a lot of kudos. Amazing. <laughs> Well, Claire, it's great to meet you. We should do a longer interview one of these days. I will definitely see you at Hard Rock. I won't be running myself, but I'll be out there cheering people on and volunteering. So we'll look forward to seeing you there. Take care in the meantime. Congratulations on an amazing season. Yeah, thank you. That's it for today. Tune back in tomorrow as the countdown continues for the 2023 Trail Runner of the Year presented by Ketone IQ. Speaking of which, don't forget, go get some ketones. HVMN.com forward slash free trail 30 for 30% off your subscription. Thanks so much to Ketone IQ for supporting the Trail Runner of the Year. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Love you. Bye. <laughs>